1: action fanatics welcome to another edition of the bulletproof podcast chris the brain with you and chad i have a question for you are you back
0: i'm here i'm listening are you back oh that's the question yeah uh the answer is yeah yeah i'm back
1: yeah it, it was you You didn't take my uh no my base i think i'm back
0: well oh, the john wick thing i get it
1: yeah there it is There it is. and so, yes back with us once again so ryan, ryan campbell is here
2: thank you thank you i got what you, i got I picked up what you're putting out there Brain, yeah yeah and uh, i had were, no idea
1: well th- th- that's you know that's par for the course for us. Uh, we make a great team. Uh, yeah, and I do want to thank the Toy Man for uh, joining me last time and filling in for you as both the co-host and the special guest, Chad.
0: And, and we have to let the fans know that about three days after you guys recorded, I contacted you and said, Hey, you were ready to record. Yeah. (laughs) I'm ready. When are we going to record? And you're like, we did three days ago.
1: Yeah. Because toy man was not going to be available. And I could not trust that you would have been available in three days, let alone Mm
0: -hmm. that
1: day. So we, we just, we, we carried on with, I felt if WWE could run without Vince McMahon, the bulletproof podcast could run without Chad Cruz for at least one episode. so,
0: If there's any person that this site could run without, it's me. <laughs> okay,
1: well, I'm, I, I I'm not going to say anything. No comment. We weren't no comment. sure if
2: this one was going to get recorded up until about 20 minutes ago. <laughs> right. So, yeah, oh. I, I,
1: I hit up Brian about I don't know an hour ago, so I still haven't heard from Chad one way or the other. So I was I was just on here. just be
0: on
2: standby. A little was, inside baseball talk here.
0: I was sitting in the green room, you know, just waiting for you guys. There you
1: go. Yeah, it's usually helpful to communicate that,
0: but. uh, yeah, you know. Just assume. I just assume, you know, the yeah. normal time. And uh
1: Is there ever such a thing as a normal time or well, day? about three
0: hours, about three hours ago, I was like, ooh, I really don't want to record this. Yeah. But I fought through it. Here I am. <laughs> thank thank you for <laughs> taking for gr- one for the team. Taking
1: one for the team, gritting your teeth and showing
0: up here. Hey. Don't thank me yet.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true too. But you know, be- You missed out on our Masters of the Universe conversation, Chad, but one of the points I brought up, and Mm -hmm. I I felt you might want to elaborate on that, is I know your personal opinion is that Frank Langella's Skeletor is a better villain than Darth Vader. And this is the perfect time to bring that up, because if there's anyone who's going to debate you on that fact, it is Ryan Campbell. So please, your argument for Mr.
0: Langella. Okay, so – and I believe my argument has always been stated as such. uh, Skeletor as a villain in a singular film, Masters of the Universe, is better than Darth Vader from Episode Four, A New Hope. Not that, you know, throughout the series, you know, Darth Vader has had, what, 75 million hours of content (laughs) dedicated to him. So he's got a much crazier arc than just the first film. Uh, But in that first film alone, when you look at – the presence of the character. When We look at the, the lines that he delivers, how he delivers them, the way he like just steals every scene. I believe that Skeletor is a stronger villain than Darth Vader. Ryan Campbell,
2: what say you? Okay. So if we're going to limit Vader to only a new hope, I would say I can kind of see your angle. Um, but I will say that Vader does have the mystique because while we're saying only Vader and a new hope, we're also bringing with us the context of we know everything that he does in other films.
0: Yes. I think if
2: you were to put yourself in the seat of someone in 1977 walking in and watching A New Hope for the first time, not knowing what all the other information and all the other stuff that we were going to see about Darth Vader, that is still a very imposing, a menacing... You hear stories about he betrayed and murdered Jedi. He was a former Jedi. There's some mystique there. He's force choking people and things that really the only time we'd ever seen the force used in that way at the time, other than just kind of, Oh, you know, Obi-Wan mind talking to, to Luke. That's the only time you see it. So, I mean, that's, you know, it's, I, I kind of, I, I'm not going to say, you know, your argument isn't somewhat valid. I get it, but I still think, you know, people came out of star Wars and without even having any context of what Vader, who he was and what he was going to become with that still being one of the greatest movie villains of all time. So.
1: Well, if I could weigh in for a moment, Please. you know, and I, I could, you know, now that you've more qualified that it's just one on one, not the, not the one versus an entire universe of films. You know, the, the argument could be made to to strengthen your point, Chad. Is in in A New Hope, Vader is like Grand Moff Tarkin's
0: lapdog. Yeah, he's his
1: bitch. He, he's he's his enforcer. He's not the main baddie. And I mean, of course, going down the line, you could say, well, he's always, always reporting to someone because of the emperor, but yeah, he's kind of just that cool, almost like the Boba Fett is in Empire Strikes Back.
0: Right. And, and I love the, uh, the way Vader's presented in the first film, the, how Ryan was talking about the mystique and, and, and we don't know a lot of things about him and that makes him cooler in my eyes. And the more, you know, sometimes the the less cool it, it seems, but Um, What really sets it off uh, for me with Skeletor is, okay, Frank Langella kills it, right? You know, he's like a Shakespearean guy, like, and the lines that he delivers, I I know many of those lines that he says in the film aren't in the script. And you can believe that if they ever had made a second Masters of the Universe or continued on with the He-Man storyline, they probably wouldn't have had Frank Langella because they wouldn't have ponied up the money. Uh, it would probably have been some other jabroni who, is, who would have <laughs> ruined the character. Um, but in this first film, I mean, you know. It would have probably me, been John P. Ryan. Yeah, yeah, probably. Tell me about the loneliness of good, He-Man. Is it equal to the loneliness of evil? Like that line alone is like, oh, shit.
1: Well, the line I was thinking, and I don't know what it exactly is because I haven't studied the film as much as you, Chad. But where I think evil ends,
0: like we will win or we will rule. And he's like, no, I will. I will
1: yeah
0: I like when uh, at the end he man like he gets the sword and he's like I have the power he does the whole gimmick and he's like you you will no longer stand between me and my destiny and every time they deliver a line he man interrupts but I will he's like I ache to smash you out of existence to drive your cursed face from my memories forever and it's just boom time to fight
2: there are definitely two different ways to play a movie villain I will definitely say that
0: oh yeah. that, but that
2: is a hot take
0: Well, also Darth Vader is played by two different people, so, Mm. Mm.
2: and yeah, and one of them, uh, you know, really had no context for line delivery. Anyway, that's not what David Prowse was, so he's just kind of you know doing the thing.
1: And I think Chad could uh, the way he delivered those lines. You could like do a a stage like a community theater rendition of Masters of the Universe. I, I would, think you should. I think you should try to make that happen. I'd drive
2: a few hours north to see that.
1: Yeah, I'd come down and watch that.
0: I think the only character I'm qualified to play right now would be Gildor. <laughs> He's good. He's my favorite character. So I don't know that you would qualify. There would definitely be a bucket of chicken involved. So that's good. Um, I'm, I'm that
1: I, I, I could I could be there for that too. I enjoy some good old fashioned bucket of chicken. All right. Well. Well, that is up for debate. One thing I know is not up for debate, I think we can all agree on, is let's talk about it before we get into our topic today, which is John Wick. Prey showed up on Hulu last Friday, or two Fridays ago, I guess at this point. Uh, A fantastic film. A fantastic film that basically sets up about a bazillion different other things you could do with The Predator, I think. Like the Predator can drop in anywhere at any point in history and that it could be a very interesting story.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I think that it's funny because you could have said the same thing at the end of Predator two, when uh-huh. they, when they had the wall of trophies and they handed them the pistol that we, that we saw the pistol again and pray. Um, but at the end of Predator two, you could have said, wow, this sets up so many opportunities uh, he could be anywhere and any time in history, this and that, any place, any you know geography, that whatever. But they just never capitalized on it. They never did it. And then finally now someone has done it. And uh yeah, I mean it was uh I mean, when I think back to watching The Predator for the first time, and I know Brain, you loved it. It's your favorite movie ever, but I know I think it's one of the most despicable films I've ever seen. So This felt amazing to watch. He's going to
2: always own him liking the Predator. No, it's
0: not even liking. It's like, I did not hate it. Like, Mm. I did not,
1: like, rip the seats out in the theater and throw it at the
0: screen. You loved it. No, no big deal. Whatever.
1: But I think that's another, like, it's, it's, that's the thing. Predator could be 50 different stories. And yes, some of the stories are going to be better than others. But now I want to see Predator versus a ninja or
2: ninjas. Yeah, and I think that's that's I mentioned in my review is that uh, on bulletperfection.com, um, it's not really a reboot, but it really sets as a nice just restart in a way. Like it still works with all the other films. We're not, you mm-hmm. know, They mentioned in some of the marketing how it was the first visit that Predators made to Earth. Um, but yeah, it, it kind of brought it back, refocused it, brings it back to a kind of ground level and, you know, showed that not everything needs to be, you know, MCU level CGI fest, grandmaster, you know things. It can be just a, a simple character story, um, you know, set in a cool environment, and you drop a badass alien in there, and people will watch it.
0: I certainly had problems with the film, uh, of course, but but they're much smaller than than any predator film I've seen in a long time. So, um, yeah, I mean i I enjoyed it thoroughly. Um, I, I I still wouldn't rank it in my top two but certainly it's probably three. My, my favorite was
2: I'd mentioned in the review how I could already see the, the YouTube thumbnails that were coming from uh, a certain uh, corner of YouTube film criticism. <laughs> and I, I think this with, by Saturday afternoon, I had text brain a picture of like three of them. And uh, I was, <laughs> I was right on it with that prediction.
1: Yeah, obviously no, you know, you're always going to have your contrarians or people who will find fault and have to, Shout it from the highest mountaintop or YouTube, whatever comes first. Uh So
0: there is that, but, uh, you, you want to hear one of the problems I had, please. And this is like, not even important at all. Uh, <laughs> I was, I was, I don't remember who was, uh, one of the, one of the people that I follow on Twitter that I think highly of when it, in terms of movies, can't remember his Twitter handle, but, uh, <laughs> Figure it out. You must think. I see it. I see it, it and I know who he is. Um, But uh, he was talking about the predator and and different like we said like different atmospheres, different climates, and oh, you could have it in the winter. This and I said the predator shows up when it's hot. That's what we we know that we've been told that.
1: Mm, Very true.
0: He likes hot weather, and for this film, it works perfectly because it's like you know the uh, like uh, Southwest North America kind of situation. You got hot weather. You have Native Americans running around and no shirts. It's hot weather. But then later in the film, all of a sudden there's a bunch of like Frenchmen wearing Buffalo hides. Well, it's gotta be like a hundred degrees out
1: there. I don't want to insult any of our French listeners.
2: I didn't get the impression but, that it was like,
1: maybe they're just weak.
2: The desert or anything. I mean, that's a very heavy. Yeah.
1: Even cold. the desert gets cold at night. It's, it's a forested
0: area. Okay. Um, so like some of your characters are shirtless and others are just wearing giant Buffalo hides. All
1: right. No, no, yeah. don't, You've ruined some- the whole movie for me. I'm never, I'm, I'm never going to watch it again. Thanks a lot. But sorry. you, all of you out there who have not seen it, you can watch and judge for yourself and wear a Buffalo hide or take your top off, whatever you want to do.
2: I don't care tell you what, Chad, formulate that into a YouTube thumbnail, and then maybe oh, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll consider yes. it.
0: I can't. Uh, I don't have time for that. It's
2: got to be catchy. <laughs> it's got to have like arrows pointing and like a circle on it and some emoji, shocked face emoji.
0: Arrows pointing to the hide, the thickness of the yeah, buffalo hide. Yeah, with a red circle around it. Oh, that's so smart. I should do that. Brian, can you work that up for me? Sometimes.
1: Absolutely not. I'm quite busy over here. With the other 50,000 projects we got going on. Because it's Actionversary Month and we are celebrating and it has been a great month so far already. And we are going to get into our John Wick discussion right after this. All right, welcome back to the Bulletproof Podcast. Chris the Brain, Chad Cruz, and Ryan Campbell with you. And we are going to be talking about a movie that has just become a huge sensation in the action world. Released eight years ago. Almost just so in 2014, not only did the actual world get bulletproof com. Wow. They got a few months after that banner year, John Wick. I'm thinking John Wick may be overshadowing us at this point, but I'm proud to share that 2014 is our, our birth year.
0: Yeah. I mean, I didn't, I didn't realize that we shared the same, uh, some essentially the same birthday as John Wick. Uh, so, as a website persona, we are the John Wick of action movie. There you go. I like it. I accept it. I'll take it. We are the boogeyman
1: of action movie websites. Right? Sure. I mean, I don't know what that means, but I guess. I don't either, Baba Yaga. Okay, (laughs) let's start this movie off. And it starts off. Without without wasting any time, we see an SUV come to an abrupt stop. The driver inside is a wounded John Wick, played by the great Keanu Reeves. Um, and then we see Keanu Reeves looking at a video on his phone. If it's his wife, and we'll later learn his wife is no longer with us. Um, but let's cut into, I guess, present day? Uh, because we see – well, kind of we go back in time. Because that was yeah. – that's later in the film where we'll catch up to where that was. But so now we basically just Two get John days Wick
2: earlier it's yeah,
1: just, we'll just get John Wick, you know, just doing his morning routine. He's just this guy now, and he's just hanging around. He's still thinking about his wife, though. Obviously that's fresh on his mind. Um we see the night she collapsed. see her in the hospital. Uh, she passes away, uh, played by Bridget Moynihan of Blue Blood's fame.
0: Oh, Blue bloods, and That's good of show.
2: Tom Brady fame.
0: <laughs> there you go. Wait, 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 wait. What's this Tom Brady situation? I don't know anything about this. She's
2: married to Tom Brady, right?
0: Bridget Moynihan. I think she, she would date. I don't, she was
2: they, but, at one point or they were together.
0: Oh, really? I had no idea. Before, uh, before what's her name? Giselle. Yeah, Giselle. Oh, cool. How about that? Yes, they were, they were an I item. That sounds like a very New England name, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. The Moynihans.
0: Yeah, like the, you know, the... The, the Kennedys. Owner, the owner of the Patriots is like, hey, Tom, uh, now that you're a big star, who you dating? He's like, Bridget Moynihan. He goes, oh, yeah, that works.
2: Oh, got a Moynihan.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so we then go to... We see Helen's funeral, and Willem Dafoe is there. Marcus, a fellow assassin, will learn. Uh, he's there for his con- offering condolences. John goes home. A uh, delivery service shows up with a card and a special delivery, Ryan Campbell, for Mr. John Wick.
2: Oh, it's a beautiful beagle puppy named Daisy, and I gotta say, this is the best damn dog that yeah. ever. I, I don't yeah. know if it came like preloaded with the, <laughs> the Matrix with like good behavior, but that thing. He opens the door. It goes outside and poops and comes back. I had a beagle. That thing.
1: Never stayed in the yard.
2: No, he would like, I videotaped him like scaling up bushes and fencing to hop over it. And then he would be gone for like two days in the middle of winter before he just showed up back on the doorstep at three in the morning. Like the Yeah. the most amazing, most made the most unbelievable thing in this film is this amazing beagle puppy.
0: Yeah. It's, he, you know, John wick kills 250 people in this movie, but the most unrealistic thing is this dog. Absolutely. And also, it has a great name, Daisy. I mean, you know, if you got children out there, go to bookhogpress.com and buy Daisy Goes to Town. What a fantastic book. It's one of my favorite children's books of the last decade. It is, even though you've never read it.
1: It's still my favorite. Um, (laughs) So so we get Daisy. And, yeah, Daisy, I did like that he – caved and let Daisy sleep on the bed with him um, yeah that's nice. Made, made me feel a little bit better because I caved day one instantly yeah.
2: you um, know you with,
0: don't with Remo yeah his relationship dogs... oh go ahead sorry
2: I' say all my dogs have yeah slept in the bed with me that's just how it goes
0: it's it's funny because you don't have to if this was like a man and a woman's relationship you or you wouldn't have to or you would spend more time with it but with a dog everyone just kind of gets it you know yeah. It's like, it's less is more kind of situation where, you know, like I would let that dog sleep in my bed too, just by looking at it and seeing how well behaved it was.
1: And it goes in the car, no problem. They go get gasoline the next day. And uh, that's where we bump into the Russians. Damn it. Yusuf and Victor show up and Yusuf admires Wicks. He's got a beautiful 1969 Mustang. Um, and Yusuf wants to buy it. John's like, it's not for sale. And you can already tell Chad right here. <laughs> there's, this isn't, yeah. this isn't the last we're going to see of these Russian fellas.
0: No, it's, it's clear from the exchange that uh, this Yusef feller is, uh, he's, he's young and he's, I don't know. He's a, he's an asshole for sure. Oh yeah. Um, and then when, when kind of John Wick kind of calls him on it a little bit, he says something in Russian, Wick responds in Russian. It's like, oh boy, here we go. Something may have been set in, you know, in in place, and there's no going back now at this point.
2: Yep. Uh, play, Yusuf played by Alfie Allen, who uh, plays this role almost exactly like he does Theon Greyjoy in Game <laughs> of Thrones. Just like this snively, like weak ass, you know, little character. Bitch. That seems to just get everybody else in trouble, either inadvertently or directly. Uh, it's, it's pretty clear that like, on set they said, you know what you're doing on, on Game of Thrones? Just do that, but with a Russian accent.
0: Yeah, change your accent. You're cool. Keep, keep after it. Yeah, then we
1: get to see a little performance driving from John Wick. So he just has an area where he can go and drive real fast, a closed track, if you will. You
0: don't have that brain.
1: Uh, you know, even if I did, I wouldn't do anything with it.
2: You don't got a guy up by
1: the docks.
0: <laughs> you and <laughs> no, the Moynihan's. No, hands.
1: I don't know any Moynihan's hands or have a guy at the dock.
0: Take the old Nissan rogue up there and spin a few <laughs> tires.
1: <laughs> See if I could flip it. <laughs>
0: Oh god. So,
1: he does that. We go back home, the dog has to get up in the middle of the night, which that's probably the worst thing that dog did, but I don't think he had to go. I think he was being a good guard dog cuz he knew there was some trouble in the house.
0: That's true. I think so too.
1: And there was trouble in the house cuz the freaking Russians were there in Ryan Campbell. A horrible yeah, scene. Yeah, horrible. A horrible, scene. horrible. They, probably they, the worst they, scene in the movie.
2: And and to to uh to Chad's part earlier, it, it's kind of funny that Of course, you know, everyone knows they killed John's dog and it's heartbreaking and and just terribly sad. And I think they made the dog CGI there at the end or whatever look like super fake, just almost make it seem less sad because the more they made (laughs) that dog look real, the more devastating it would be. But the funniest part is you don't question for a second. He had his dog for probably less than 24 hours and you don't question for a second the attachment he had to this dog. But to, to Chad's point, if it had been, like, a, a girl, you would be like, he didn't even know her for 24 hours. He wouldn't give a shit.
1: Well, died. yeah, we learned that in Death Wish 3. Yes, obviously. You know, uh, Catherine Davis, you know, they were bumping uglies one minute. She's rolling down a hill, blowing up the next. He just walks away. Because to Paul, move on. Paul Friggin' Kersie. He don't care about this woman. You got to move on, Paul. <laughs> and he did. And he does. Good for you, Paul. All right, so... We get we get this horrible thing. John's knocked out the Russians and take the car to Ariello, I believe. Sure. I don't John Leguizamo is who it is. And the, uh John rec- he recognizes that car. <laughs> He's like, oh, no, no. I don't want this crap here. My my do you get this? This is the hottest of hot cars there's ever been.
0: Yeah, this yep. is like the, the first member of the cast that we meet, uh who kind of goes into this extended universe that John Wick has created. Um, you know, I I don't think that he's in this movie much more after these first few scenes.
1: No, he has those couple
2: scenes and he's out.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so He's he's
2: never outside of that shop. Like he was one day on set probably.
0: And that's beautiful. You know, I love actors who come in, do the small role, um, like make it their own and and like be really good at that one role. And I mean, I remember that. I remember that it was John Leguizamo. I'm sure you guys did too. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a cool little spot and you just have to know that these underworld people have their hands in everything. So it, the fact that he recognizes that it's John's car is, is pretty cool.
2: One of the, one of the, the coolest things about this movie is the way that, and we talked a little bit about this earlier with Darth Vader just differently, but the way that it sets up the, the character, the hero in this particular case and gives him credibility without and at this point all we've seen Keanu do is mope around and like pet a dog get hit with so, a So and, and and all we yeah all we've seen is like these feared people these like titans of under organized crime literally you know quake in their boots at the, this guy's just or even the the very idea that, that could be his car so like and and it's probably three or four people that we see a similar reaction like that before we ever see Keanu Reeves' character do anything remotely action oriented. Right. Like the way that it builds him up as this mythical just legend of, you know, the underworld before we even see him fire a shot is just masterful storytelling.
1: Yeah, I mean, it it freaks Leguizamo out so much he actually hits Yusef. And then when John shows up, you know, he's like, "Uh, yeah, Yusef took the car and guess who he is? Vigo's son, and Vigo is the big crime boss who John Wick used to work for. Chad, so the plot is definitely thickened here.
0: Yeah, and, and you know we we learn this from Vigo. You know, Vigo calls Ariello, whatever the hell his name is, John Liquesamo, and he's like, "Hey, I heard you hit my son. You know, I want to know why this happened because I'm going to kill your ass." Right. And then all he has to say is, "Yeah, he killed John Wick's dog and stole his car." And it's like, oh. Yeah. That's, that's it. it. Boom. Done. Now I know why hit him harder next time. And uh, yeah, we 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 I don't remember what point it it is, but we learned that the the last job that John did was for Vigo. So
1: Yeah, and and, and he it was kind of a deal. He didn't he didn't think John would be able to accomplish it. So he he gave yeah. him this impossible task. They like, like, "Okay, yeah, you could leave, you could retire if you do this." crazy thing that's impossible to do and john wick did it so he kind of had it like oh i guess you got to go then
0: and it's john the, wick thought he was out and it was the the task that he completed was the one that created this you know this uh this whole of,
1: empire his whole yeah.
0: empire of crime that vigo now runs so vigo okay.
1: gets a, some time with his son now ryan campbell
2: yeah he gets some tough love um, <laughs> you know no one knows more what's now been unleashed upon them than Vigo, So uh, he gives them a nice little punch to the gut, which almost immediately causes him to vomit, which is interesting. Um, but yeah, we also get a little bit of uh, Mr. Mayhem, Dean Winters in here playing the uh, character Avi, which I guess is like one of his,
1: you know, like bodyguard con- yeah, consigliere, maybe. Yeah,
2: I don't know. He he's, he's he's, little, but yeah, uh, you, know, you, you know him as Mr. Mayhem from the car insurance commercials. Uh, but yeah, he's there too. And, and yeah, Yusuf, uh, is, is pretty pissed. off. uh, um, Vigo. Vigo is pissed off and, uh, you know, tells him that it, it, the only chance he really has now, since there's really no way he can make things right is to try to, you know, take the boogeyman down.
1: Right. Baba Yaga, the boogeyman, but yeah, he's, he's like, he's even worse than the boogeyman. He's the guy we would hire to go kill the boogeyman.
2: Yeah. That's cool. Again, yeah, just adding to that credibility before we even, and then of course,
1: it. the the famous pencil story killing three men with a pencil, right? Pretty impressive. I, I like it.
2: I saw the Rick and Morty uh bit kind of mimicking John Wick before I ever saw the movie John Wick, <laughs> so it kind of worked reverse. That I'm watching all this and I'm thinking about Pickle Rick running around a uh <laughs> a office building, you know,
1: and that is. Uh... That is something I did forget to mention. This is Ryan Campbell's first time watching this movie. People. Holy shit!
2: Yeah, I know. Can you believe that? And uh, I, I don't know how many times it was on TV, or and, and some a of this, million. Uh, side note: All three of us had a really big problem finding where to hell to watch this movie. It's not, I know
1: well, maybe two of you did. I have it, I have it on Blu ray. Yeah, I, I don't, so do one anything. of us then, jackass.
2: <laughs> No one's got it streaming, which is annoying. I had to, um, uh, you know, find alternative means to watch it. Uh, and then, actually, my, my my sweet, my sweet, sweet daughter, you know, uh, I had her with me last night. Mm-hmm. She wanted to watch a movie, curl up in bed, and with me and watch a movie. So we watched John Wick. <laughs> Oh boy! And uh, you know, she she definitely you know she watches a lot of YouTube, so I figure there's probably nothing that's too bad in this that she hasn't <laughs> seen or heard. She she loves uh, Five Nights at Freddy's is like her favorite video game. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty
1: screwed up. Yeah, so, she, so. I
2: figure she's not going to see anything in this that's going to cause any you know, huge harm. But this stuff, I will add to the scene that's coming up in a little bit when they you know when the guy's cleaning up all of John's hard work <laughs> right. and they're throwing saran wrap bodies into the back of a, of a moving van her her comment and I just started out laughing and I put it in my notes and she said well that was a pleasant montage <laughs>
0: oh my gosh
2: so it was a good movie night here in the Campbell household
1: props to Emmy for using the word montage uh, Oh yeah, very happy to hear that um, so yeah Vigo tells Avi like get a, get a bunch of guys to go over to John Wick's house we just gotta nip this in the bud uh, but that doesn't quite happen Chad
0: No, you know, as you would expect to happen, you know, we've, we've been building up this character as more than a man. He's such a total badass. And now we finally get to see him in action and he doesn't disappoint us. Uh, I've used this strategy many times. I tried to build myself up in this way uh, before I ever have to do anything. And then the moment I do something, they're like, oh, okay, you're full of shit then. (laughs) But John Wick actually fulfills, you know, all the, all the promises we've been given. So yeah, it's a, a ridiculous scene. I mean, there's it's just pers- guy after guy coming into this building and he's killing them in such a diverse ways. It's like stabs and kills and neck breaks and uh, shit. I don't even know. Throwing people through windows. And it's, uh, yeah, it's like a fun house, but for murdering people.
1: <laughs> exactly. And we should mention how committed to this retirement, John. He actually buried all his equipment And puts like in the basement floor and cement. So he had to like get the sledgehammer out to get his stuff that was buried for what I'm sure he believed would be forever for all time.
2: It does make a question that you're, you're, I mean, it's kind of funny that like, okay, I guess I still need to keep these things here because you never know. I'm also going to encase them in concrete. So it's ridiculously hard to get out if I ever do like, it's, it's this weird kind of middle ground of if you really were done, why wouldn't you just throw them into the ocean or something? Right. On the same side, like in the back of his head, he probably knew at some point, you know, he had too many skeletons in the closet for it never to come back up
0: again. Like remember at the end of Top Gun when, when Maverick throws Goose's dog tags into the ocean? I bet he wishes he had buried him because he had no idea like 40 years later there was a sequel. <laughs> he could have given them to his son. He's like, shit. I should have buried him.
1: Coulda, woulda, shoulda. That's what you got to say in that situation. So all this causes a ruckus. The cops show up. Jimmy, Jimmy, the friendly cop, shows up. Obviously, he's been down this path before with John Wick, just checking in, making sure everything's good, wondering if John Wick is back in action. Um, And John's like, no, just kind of cleaning up or tying up some loose ends or something he says there.
2: Another um, moment that again, like, just helps add to the credibility of how big of a character, you know, John Wick is. That that the the police force knows, like, you know what? Just let him do his thing. You know, he's 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 not. If he if he's involved in something, like, it's probably bad dudes anyway, or you're
1: right, bad guys know, killing bad guys.
2: Just let yeah. it go. Just the other way.
1: <laughs> and then the, you you brought it up with the uh, the cleaning crew. I, I I've. When I first saw this movie, I thought I to go back to Paul Kersey, I'm like, man, how much better would Kersey have been as a killer if he had like this cleanup crew? Yeah. Could come in after him and everything. Led by business.
0: led by David Patrick Kelly. Yeah. A legend in the action game. A BPA legend.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And that's the other cool, like, whole other thread that's running behind this movie is this kind of unspoken you know universe building of assassins and the coins and this this mm-hmm. entire economy that's running kind of behind the scenes and they don't have to like dump exposition on you about how all these things work you're just watching it unfold as if it's the hundredth time it's happened and you're kind of filling in the pieces which again you know it, does, it the way that this film treats its audience is, is refreshing nowadays when everything has to be laid out meticulously explained to us you know and just regurgitated out to us because we're too stupid to kind of figure things out
1: well vigo has figured something out he needs to get rid of john wick so he puts out a contract on him, two million dollars and the first one he goes to is marcus who we met earlier and uh you know he decided, you know it's not just for you this is going to be an open contract but they get on it it could be yours buddy Marcus says, consider it done. And this is, I think, was probably some of the best casting picking Willem Dafoe because you could easily believe that he would kill his friend, John Wick, just based on previous <laughs> yeah. Willem Dafoe roles.
0: Yeah. Willem Dafoe is not, uh, not against killing the person he's working with or has, you know, worked with in the past. But it also, you know, the style of killing that we learned from Willem Dafoe throughout the film that he, that he uses he seems to be more of a sniper, you know, he's mm-hmm. like, he's, he's at a distance. He's looking through a scope. He's picking people off left and right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a lot less, uh, intimate of, of killing yes. as opposed to John wick. Who's literally stabbing guys in the face <laughs> sometimes with a pencil, apparently Sometimes with a pencil number two style. Um, so Marcus, we see him getting
1: his sniper rifles ready, getting ready to go. At the same time, John Wick arrives at the Continental, and this is another part of that universe building you were talking about, Ryan, because this is really the hub for assassins, uh, for hitmen. And he gets there, and Ms. Perkins is there, the beautiful Miss Perkins Chad Cruz. She,
0: she is a delight.
1: She is. She Oh. I'll tell you, I was sad to see her go in this one, but she deserved it. But oh, we'll yeah. get to that. We'll get to yeah. that. But yeah, Adrienne Pilecki, uh, she's in there. She's right before John checking in at the hotel uh, with the manager. And, uh, you know, John's kind of hasn't been there for a while. He's been out of the game for a while, notices some renovations. But one thing has stayed the same, Ryan Campbell, and that is the owner of the Continental, Winston. And this might be one of my favorite characters in the whole John Wick universe.
2: Yeah, and you said it, the, you mentioned it with Willem Dafoe, the casting, how spot on it is. And 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 to, to Ian McShane playing Winston, who again brings that kind of gravitas, but also has that grit to him that he seems like someone who could have the kind of connections and kind of run. Because to to run, to, to set rules that assassins will obey, you have to be a badass as well. There has to be an unspoken kind of, you know, swagger that you bring to the situation to kind of command that kind of, of, you know, allegiance from, from the, you know, bottom dwellers in the world. So uh, and, and Ian McShane, again, perfect casting. you had mentioned earlier the hotel manager played by Lance Riddick with that buttery voice. I'm a huge Destiny player. If there's any Destiny players out there, we all know him, um, you know, as uh, Commander Zavala in, in Destiny. Uh, but that amazing voice and the presence he brings as, you know, whenever he has to kind of deliver the lines is the way that he delivers them in a very matter of fact, but kind of unspoken way. But again, spot on casting.
1: Yeah. I love Winston. And you could tell just from that first conversation that Winston and John Wick have that Winston has some kind of a soft spot for John Wick. We don't really know why, but you could kind of tell he's like, you know, he's looking at like, Hey, you got out of this. Are you sure you want to get back into this? And, you know, and I think he's like, you know, almost telling him like, Hey, I know what you're thinking. Like, you just want to take care of this, get your revenge and be done. But he knows, I think he's, you know, really trying to give him the heads up. Like, Hey, you know, once you get back in this, it's you're going to be in it. And uh, well, uh, obviously now that we're going to be going on to John Wick four, that's absolutely what happened.
2: Right. Yep. Yep. And, uh, and again, we keep coming back to this, but again, speaks to the, the kind of, rarefied air that that John is in that, you know, even someone with as high of a profile as Winston, he's even in that upper tier of his top clients and top clientele that's gone beyond just, you know, a, a client and is someone that he could, not necessarily sees as maybe a friend, because no, nobody in this business has friends, um, but someone that, you know, he, he values, and if he wants to stay out of the game, kind of wants to see him be as happy as possible and is willing to give him a heads up and we see later in the film he's willing to even get his own hands dirty.
0: You know, I, I, sorry. You know, I also kind of wonder if John became that uh, the example of like, you can get out of this, you know, cause he hadn't been in the game for a few years. It was like, Oh, like, you know, you can be a, a assassin and, and a hired killer and stuff. And then you can leave the game at some point Uh because someone's done it. John Wick's done it, but yeah. now that he's back in and it's like, Oh, uh, this could be bad. If you come back in it, like be prepared to be full 100% back into it.
1: Yeah. Cause that is one of those things. I mean, that we've seen in movies time and time again is like, if you're a hitman, <laughs> you're getting paid quite well, but it never ends well for you
0: ever. It's the, uh, it's the scene in Rocky four, you know, I'm a fighter. Like when Rocky's telling Adrian, like, this is, this is just what he does. I'm sorry. Yeah. This is what I am.
1: And so yeah, we we clearly established that no business can be done on continental grounds. Meaning, you're not supposed to be killing people here on this in this hotel. Uh, and then, like two seconds later, Vigo's like, "I don't give a shit about that. I'll double the bounty if they kill him right there. I don't care. He just wants him dead. That's how desperate he is to get John Wick killed.
0: I mean, it makes sense, right? You know if it... <laughs> He's willing to pay
1: repercussions
0: pay of it to, to get rid of John Wick. It kind that of was, makes
1: you wonder why Yusef and Victor didn't just kill John Wick after they killed his dog. I'm sure they now regret
0: doing not doing it. Right. Well, they didn't know who he was at the time. Exactly. You know, they just yeah. thought he was some schlub, you know, with a nice house and a dog. Right.
2: Yeah. And in another unspoken way of storytelling, it's, it's you know, there's – ha- Vigo had to know that by violating that rule and putting that hit out – He's essentially bringing, bringing Winston and almost that entire you know, economy and group of assassins on his head as well. He's risking starting a war with essentially the League of Assassins just to take out John Wick.
1: Well, another tidbit that Winston gave to John Wick is where Yusef was, and he's at the uh, nightclub slash bathhouse. Hell yeah. Blood circle. Seems like a place Chad Cruz would frequent if he was a single man.
0: Back in the day, man, whew, I would have been walking out of there empty pocketed. All right. <laughs> Very good. Uh, we get our first
1: look at the Daniel Bernhardt, the, the man who never ages, Chad
0: Cruz. He's a handsome fella. And he, like you said, he, he's looked good for about 35 years now. <laughs> he looks exactly the same as he did in Bloodsport 2. He does, and you know what? I I, I enjoy him as an actor and a, as an action guy, and and it appears that since John Wick has come out, that he's had like this career resurgence, which is great. Uh, we need these old dudes kicking people's asses a lot, you know, because it it bodes well for me because you know I'm I'm no spring chicken. And, the you older
1: know. you get, yeah, the more you respect the old dudes who can still kick ass.
0: And the better I get is what you're going to say. The older okay. I get, the better I get.
1: Sure. <laughs> we'll go with that we'll, we'll go with that so yeah um you know and so daniel bernard he plays kirill he's he's there to protect yusuf yusuf's like i'm not scared of the boogeyman well you should be dumb shit yeah. you should be
0: <sighs> this guy i can't wait till he's dead
1: <laughs> well give it time francis the doorman boy was he a familiar face huh ryan campbell
2: that's right uh you know, it was the same guy that played Super Shredder in Teenage Mutant <laughs> Ninja Turtles 2, Secret of the U's. I think that's the only other thing he was in.
1: Right? Yeah, what a pittance. Oh, Big Sexy was out there. doing I don't think that was Big Sexy's voice, though. Um, but, uh Vick.
2: He did a Russian <laughs> accent in Punisher, too. Didn't that it? is true. He, he did, did of, though. So maybe it was. That's maybe my, favorite,
0: I'll, my favorite Kevin Nash role has got to be the Punisher.
1: Maybe I will. You know, Kevin Nash has a podcast that's doing quite well. Maybe I'll send that question in, Did Did he do his own voice in John Wick?
0: Every retired wrestler has a podcast.
1: Well, just about.
0: Does the honky tonk man have one yet? I'm surprised he
1: doesn't. He just. He's
2: probably never retired yet.
1: He probably doesn't have a a computer, to be (laughs) honest with you. He probably doesn't have the setup or the patience to do
0: it. No, no.
1: But if he had one, he'd just shit all over everybody. And tell. And tell Conroy tell stories that don't have any that don't make any sense so you know
0: what i, I can't wait till we get some wrestlers on our podcast it's all you amazing. know what
1: i think that could happen at any time now i all may right. have spoiled it on the last episode where you weren't at but we'll 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 let you know by the end of the show uh so yeah it's kevin nash big sexy diesel big daddy cool call him what you will but uh he is francis the doorman he confirms yes Yusuf's inside John Wick must like the guy because he's like, you know what? Why don't you take the rest of the night off so you don't have to be a part of what's about to happen, which is not good. It is carnage galore, Chad Cruz.
0: Yeah, there's death and destruction everywhere, and John Wick just kind of, just kind of does like the the house tour. You know, he does like the tour that you would do when you're, you're looking for a new home, but only he kills lots of people during it. He's yeah. like looking in closets, pow pow, shoots a couple guys, goes up the stairs. Shoots a few people, looks into a bathroom, kills three or four guys, stabs a guy in the face. Uh, yeah, Victor. Guys. I mean, Victor
1: bad. was like the one who killed the dog, wasn't he? So he gets it real good.
0: Yeah. It, there, there are so many. It's it It's a little dark. Uh, it is a bathhouse. I'm, I'm sure they don't keep the lights up too, too <laughs> bright there. No. You, know, you probably don't want to see what's going on there for the most part. But Too many Russian yeah. wangs. Too many wieners <laughs> hanging out like that one uh, Viggo Mortensen movie. <laughs>
1: That Chad Cruz loves so much. He made it the first ever scene of the week in the history of bulletproof action. And that we love to see Vigo Mortensen weighing that badly. I'll put
0: that up next week too. And see the week that is probably brutal, will because is brutal, brutal. Knows,
1: you don't do. Sh- oh, God.
0: <laughs> wait, 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 go ahead. Continue. No, nah,
1: no. Nah. Just let's go on. Let's go on.
2: Give uh, up, up the good work. Great content. Yeah. yeah. Good
1: job, Chad. Just do, just do anything. Just post something on your days. And we'll Mm -hmm. be good.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: All right, man.
0: A lot of shade. A lot of
1: shade. Yeah, just like the dark bathhouse and nightclub. So we've got – he gets to Yusef, but Yusef, he's a slippery SOB. He's always getting away. And you get him in his towel running through the dance floor, which is probably not something that happens all the time. People are just freaking out. We do get a little bit of uh, Keanu Reeves, Daniel Bernhardt action, Chad. Just a tease. We'll get yeah. some more of it.
0: Yeah, I'm not kidding. the kind that you were hoping for, but this one. What does that fighting. even mean? This one, they're fighting each other. <laughs> but Yeah, we get a little taste of uh, those two duking it out a bit. Listen and, you, you're wanting tastes. You got to say that uh, old Bernhardt there, he kind of gets one up on on uh, Keanu in this one. He so. does, he does. It's a so. cool scene because it's like the first time you see Keanu on the ropes.
2: Mm-hmm. Some good booking. That's some good booking. There. It's good booking. It's good booking.
0: So yeah, this allows Yusuf to
1: get away. Getaway car. John is not doing well. He is took some uh, damage, major damage. He goes back to the Continental, orders a doctor and a drink. Then he's just kind of chilling in bed, uh, letting the alcohol do its thing. And we see Marcus with a sniper rifle across the street. And we're like, oh shit, here it comes. This movie's over. <laughs>
0: but then. A, a, a wild card enters the room, Chad wild card. Yeah. Old, uh, miss Perk, Miss Perkins shows up and, and, uh, Marcus and she, does, yeah. does fire one round into, in through the window, but it, uh, it's more of a warning shot than anything. And mm-hmm. uh, and Miss Perkins is showing up to collect that, uh, double bounty that, that John's got on his head. And, you know, it's funny cause John Mc doesn't seem surprised that she's there. Um, And especially knowing that the bounty is doubled, like it's like, okay, someone probably was going to do this and go against the rules. But uh, yeah, they have a nice little duke out, uh, duke it out fight. And she uses some jujitsu on his ass. It's pretty good. But in the end, of course, uh, John Wick wins. He knocks her ass out.
1: Yeah, and gets her to spill the beans where Vigo keeps all his valuables. Um, And then, fortunately, there's a friendly assassin next door named Harry. What a good who helps, guy who helps John out uh, to kind of babysit old Perkins while he goes to church.
2: Do a m- great job.
1: Yeah, he did. He did. now, oh, Ron Campbell. I know you're a churchgoer, uh, but I bet you've never done what John Wick's about to do.
2: No, and that was an interesting, um, another interesting moment with my daughter um, <laughs> to <laughs> explain to her what a front is uh, for okay. a business and or church. This is important. Uh, yeah, yeah. Share. <laughs> yeah, John goes all, you know, um, whatever that scene is in the first Kingsman uh, movie in the church where he kills all the churchgoers, but takes out the churchgoers, takes out the uh, the uh, reverend, I guess we can call him, and and makes him lead him down to the, uh, the pit cage where all the valuables are stored, and he lights that place up.
1: Yeah, everything. There's there's money, obviously. There's video and incriminating evidence that, you know, Vigo uses to strong arm people around the, you know, th- things you would do as an evil crime boss, Jack Cruz.
0: Yeah. It's the things that like, you know, if you look on my computer, there's a folder that says don't open. Yeah. And that's all in that folder.
1: Perfect. Like, yeah. Nobody would ever think to open it.
0: Nope. Or they'd be
1: scared to. All right. Well, meanwhile, while that's going on, poor Harry, No good D goes unpunished as he just gets killed by Perkins.
0: Um, Yeah, that was a shame because I enjoyed him. I don't know who that actor was, but uh, he, you know, catch and release, catch and release. Like it seemed like a a very subtle, like okay, so here's another part of this world. It's like a really so you want to earn a coin, do this little job for me. It was kind of a cool scene. Yeah, you
2: know, I I have to. My head cannon tells me he's an ex detective. The way that he had his gun holstered. He had like the stirrup socks or whatever things yeah, that like those good. you know, the ex detectives or detectives would wear at home. So I have to imagine he was like a disgraced ex New York detective that we moved mm. into awesome know,
1: work. I, I know at one point, and I don't know if it's still a thing or if just COVID caused it to be put on the shelf or what but there was talk that there was gonna be a series called The Continental. Yeah. Where you would so that would be a great place to have you could find out about Harry. Right. Like you could, you know, it could obviously be before these movies happen and just build up this whole lore even further where you can have interesting characters like Harry, the disgraced detective who's now a hitman.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you could get, uh, was it Lance Reddick? Is that his name? Mm-hmm. And Ian McShane on board, and you wouldn't need anyone else. Everyone else could just be one episode, two. Oh, yeah, rotating oh, yeah. cast of characters. Reddick
2: will do, Lance Reddick will do anything. I'm pretty sure I could probably get him to like come to my birthday party or something. I feel like that guy's everywhere. Make it happen.
0: Are you having a Are you having a birthday party, Ryan?
2: Uh, December. I'll I'll, I'll really? have Lance uh, call and leave you a voicemail <laughs> invite invitation. <laughs> I, Mr. I love Chad that. Cruz, you are hereby invited.
0: <laughs> I wouldn't answer. I'd I'd like decline it. Of
2: course.
0: I don't recognize this number. Decline.
1: Yeah. Decline indeed. But things are about to get worse. Harry's dead, but John Wick gets picked up. He's he's now face-to-face with Vigo. And that's where we get the line that uh, Chad Cruz missed on the
0: earlier. Yeah. Can you just uh, edit that and put it back – put it in there?
1: Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But yeah, you know – John Wick, you know, gives a little soliloquy about, you know, people keep asking me if I'm back. Yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. And then he's like, tell me, you know, give me your son or die screaming alongside him. Great line. Whew. That was I good. Mean, and then and then two seconds later he's got a plastic bag over
0: his head. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, they should have yeah. just shot him in the face.
1: Yeah. Again, you know, they they had it. They had him, but uh now we know for sure, Marcus, with the swerve, bro. And yeah. again, as as I said earlier, you know, with Willem Dafoe, I completely expected him to be pure evil, but here he was doing the right thing, and that was a nice surprise.
2: Yeah, I wasn't sure earlier in the scene if if maybe he was gonna take out John, and then when he saw Perkins come in, you know, that was just a momentary. Uh, thought or or was it simply you know i'm you're not taking poaching my bounty yeah. there still was a little bit of wiggle room about if he was actually helping him or not but this seemed to kind of slow yeah when came.
1: he shoots a guy in the head that's about to kill john wick that pretty much defines that he is on john wick's side yep.
2: so again something i had to uh talk through with emmy that that's why we tell that's why we uh, parents tell kids that they can't put bags over their heads and she even <laughs> said like oh that's why i can't like put a bag over my head yep that's exactly why sweetie good job way to learn
0: that's why we're watching this together
2: exactly what a, it was a, what it was a, a learning process what it was a, was bonding a good moment. father-daughter moment
0: you know parenting Thank you, john wick <laughs> Parenting is all about being present, Ryan, and I think that you you've succeeded
2: exactly uh,
0: so well in this one. You, you've made every opportunity, every moment you've you've taken advantage of, and look how close, how much closer you guys are after watching this together.
2: Yeah, hope she don't hopefully she don't tell her mom.
0: <laughs> well, we then get the
1: rematch or round two, if you will, between uh, Daniel Bernhardt and Keanu Reeves, Chad, and this time things go much better for our friend John Wick.
0: Yeah, he wins. (laughs) Exactly.
1: (laughs) No no further elaboration needed. So John then catches up with Vigo, who's on the road. He's headed out. He's done. He's like, you know, but you don't escape John Wick. Uh, He stops that vehicle in a very forceful manner Tells him, you pull the contract and you tell me where your son is and I'll let you live, you stupid son of a bitch.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then, so he's he's at, he's going to be at a safe house in Brooklyn, but just to let you know, it's well guarded. That doesn't mean nothing to John Wick, though, does it? Like no. John,
2: like he wouldn't anticipate no. that it would be a well guarded safe house. Like he would just think it's just him chilling in like a bodega.
1: <laughs> with, with his friend playing uh, video games. There you go
0: he should have just like flown to San Francisco or something like get further away. Right. You know, yeah. Far, that, farther away. Yeah,
2: New York's a big city. Go back to the mother motherland. Eh. Get up in the Kremlin. He's probably got some connections at the Kremlin.
0: <laughs> K town. Oh yeah. I don't know if they call it that. I don't think they do. No, probably not. <laughs>
1: Is it the city called the Kremlin or is the building called the Kremlin? <laughs>
0: There's <laughs> probably a city there with a K. Kremlin City?
2: Kozbukistan? I don't know. Kozlov?
1: K-Town.
2: Yeah, dude.
1: Yeah, see this? We really missed you on the last episode, Chad, with your valuable insight. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> well, thanks for listening to yourself. You would know. You stupid son of a bitch, as well. All right, so you know John Wick does get to the safe house. He does kill everybody he needs to kill. So as far as he's concerned, business concluded. I've Hello? killed the people who stole my car and killed my dog.
0: Yeah, he steals no a guy.
1: page from
2: he steals a page from Marcus's book and goes sniper rifle on a lot of asses there.
1: Well, you know John Wick is versatile. He can he, do, he can kill in many different ways. That's
0: why he's the best. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't have a lot of holes in his game. No. Unlike no. Miss Perkins. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What are you laughing about? She <laughs> obviously has holes in her game. She struggles at certain times. She was a you know, like John yeah. Wick. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, I think you went a different route than me, Brain. You were thinking no, not
1: that. at all. I just was waiting to hear your fantastic explanation. <laughs> So as a parting gift and as to make up for almost being killed at the Continental, they give them a new set of wheels, which isn't too shabby. Uh, and then John meets up with his buddy Marcus to thank him for what he did. And, you know, okay, I'm going to back in retirement. Um, and unfortunately, though, that's going to be the last time, Chad, at old John Wick and Marcus, he sees Marcus
0: alive. Yeah, you know it's really unfortunate. We've learned to to really appreciate Marcus because he's saved his ass multiple times now at this point. And uh, but he goes out like a champ. You know he gets he gets taken down by Vigo's men, uh, and they're kind of torturing him a bit. And Marcus goes out, you know, fighting. He goes out fighting. He like he wants to go out on his own. So he he does his assassin thing and starts fighting back a little bit. But he just can't. He's no John Wick. You know. So he gets taken down, he gets killed, and he kind of gets the last word there though, with his with the way he went out.
2: He's not but, as versatile. He he's a range his 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 range game. He's not so good in the paint.
0: That's true. That's true. And then, you know, the next the next scene we, we do see is as I was alluding to Brain, uh, Miss Perkins, she's stripped of her membership from the Continental after
1: yes, after, after
0: after what she did, she's stripped of it. Uh, and they put a bunch of holes into her. She's full right. of holes, now.
1: right? And that's where Winston, like, like you said, Ryan, early, like you had to know he was a badass. But this proved he was a badass. Like you fuck around in my hotel, you break my rules, you're done. Mm-hmm.
2: Gotta make an example now. Make going an example. To yeah, Who, who's $2 dollars is not enough. Well,
1: to, I think somebody else does do it, but it's a. It's okay. We'll <laughs> get there. We we got a whole lot of John Wick left to to talk about on this podcast. Um, so yeah, badass scene for Winston uh, calls. John's like, Hey, you know, Vigo, he's got the uh, helicopter fired up. He's ready to get the hell out of town. So, you know, where the hell John wick is going. And we now get some vehicular mayhem with mayhem in the car. Ryan. K. Oh boy,
2: that's right. We've got his, and his new ish, 2012 Dodge Char- Charger. Uh, yeah, he goes there to Avi's a loyal soldier to the very end. Um, but like we've seen with everyone else, you get in John wicks way, you know, he lines you right up beside him and, uh, you know, then Vigo, he tries his best to kind of drive around demolition derby John's ass. Uh, but again, you know, if he would think that if, if the hundreds of guys that he's thrown at him, couldn't get it done. And this guy probably hasn't gotten his hands dirty in a real long time. He kind of had to probably know what was going to happen to him.
1: And then Chad, the finale. Mm-hmm. I mean, an action movie trope that I never tire of. Yeah, the fight in the pouring rain.
0: Let the rain fall, and uh, yeah, it's it's kind of two men stripped of everything. No more vehicles. No more guns. No more knives. Well, to begin with, but uh, yeah, we, we're we're back down to our mitts. You know, we're back down. To our fists and we're fighting and we're scratching we're clawing, we're, we're fighting for survival just how we all began and and uh these two guys who both of them started at the bottom and now they're at the top uh of their uh of their games and you have to know that vigo you know he didn't he didn't like he wasn't born a, an underground criminal lord or whatever like he started at the bottom and at some point he takes his jacket off or whatever and he's got some tattoos and shit, so you can tell that he's like He's done some stuff. So at no point when I'm like, okay, Vigo's not going to be able to take out John Wick. But they have a nice little fight. Eventually some knives are pulled. Uh, But it goes down kind of how you would expect. And that's what John Wick on top. You better believe it.
1: Um, And then now we get back to where we started. And we see the SUV. Um, we see the injured and wounded John wick. Um, but, but he's at like either, I don't know if it's like, like the dog pound an animal hospital, but he gets inside, uh, able to use some of the stuff there to patch himself up and Ryan Campbell while he's there, may as well pick himself up a new dog.
2: Steel. That's right. Yep. It goes for another, uh, you know, this time it's a, it's, it looks like some sort of a pit bull breed, which is nice. It's always nice to see some pit bulls, get some good publicity, you know, they're, they're known for being in the uh, possession of you know rough and tough criminals, so it's nice to see a uh, you know I guess a rough and tough criminal. <laughs> and pit bull. But you know, in way he's a nice he's a nice nice rough and tough criminal. But yep, he gets another dog and and they go off happily ever after, and hopefully that dog lives longer than twenty four hours.
1: Well, you'll have to watch John Wick two to say, find I, I got to
2: watch the rest of them to see, I guess.
1: Yeah, get, catch up because we got uh, John Wick four coming out. So yeah, that's it. Chad Cruz, final thoughts on John Wick.
0: Final thoughts. Uh yeah, just a, a fantastic movie. You know, a, a return for Keanu Reeves. He's kind of he hasn't been gone, but he's as far as action films, you know, since The Matrix, he hadn't really done much. And um this just this brought him back. You know, now he could basically do whatever the hell he wants. Um and you know, every, how many movies this this was kind of the diehard there for a minute. Everybody, every movie wanted to be John Wick um even gun though food. you know yeah so, the gun food thing but you know to me it's like all right so like taken was kind of the the thing for a while everybody wanted to do a taken and now everybody wants to do a john wick but it's for a good reason because this movie kicks ass and it has good villains good heroes and, and an incredible uh kind of universe that it builds that we still haven't quite like seen all of it yet so it's it's a fun concept so where do where do we think in the
2: you know now that we're four we're four movies into this franchise where does this put Keanu Reeves up there in terms of you know uh, not just action movie I guess but even just genre films and and he's done it in multiple different forms across multiple different decades I mean he's got to be up there at some of the tops for sustainability and just you know overall quality of of film I mean yeah I mean it, especially if you were Born
1: at, I guess maybe the late. Like, if The Matrix was more of you, you, you first saw him, and you so you know him from The Matrix, you know him from John. Wick, like to me, to those people, he might be bigger than a Stallone or a Schwarzenegger if they didn't grow up with them. Right. You know, so it, it, all those things are usually based on generation and and how old you are and what you've you've seen and and now. But yeah, I mean, he definitely deserves to be. Would he be top 10? I, I don't think I could argue that he wouldn't be. And that's about def-
2: even, I mean, Point Break, Speed, yep. Bill and Ted. I mean, he has quite the the uh, library of, you know, awesome hits. I, I, and like I said, across multiple decades.
0: Even when you talk action movies, I mean, he's certainly in the conversation as a top 10 I think, you know, I, I've always loved the idea of Tom Cruise being in there because he's been doing it for so long, but, uh, yeah. I mean, there's so many different guys and, you know, let's, we, we really even talk about, you know, overseas action stars uh, on right. the podcast. So there are so many of them that, Lord, I don't know. I don't know if he'd make it to the top 10 then, but um when you talk about the, the characters that he's helped create, you know, like you said, with speed and with, uh with point break and with uh, the matrix and stuff like that. And of course, John wick, like he is defined um multiple different types of action stars for a long time so and to your point everyone was copying the matrix when that came out so he's had at least two
2: kind of yeah. genre defining pivot points in action films that he's been at the
0: center of and even speed you know speed was you know quote unquote die hard on a bus but it might have been better than die- you know what i mean if you put it out the same year as die hard it was probably better than die hard but it, the fact that it came later it just made it a little bit kind of second tier
1: right and you know again you mentioned it and, and it's die john wick is diehard like because so many movies want to be john wick and plus just movies kind of within that john wick family like nobody uh the more recent bullet train i mean these are movies that are definitely inspired by john wick yeah and have that same style and yeah this thing just and I remember this movie, I remember seeing the trailer I'm like, oh yeah, I really want to see that and it just took me forever to actually see it. Like, I don't even understand how that happened. But it just took me forever to see it and it was one of those movies, once I saw it I'm like, what the hell did I wait this long to see this for? Yeah. And that's why when two came out, the day it was in the theater I was in the theater. Three, I was in the theater. I will do the same for four and four, I mean, it's huge Donnie Yen is in there. Scott Atkins, Hiroki Sonata is in there. I mean, that thing's jam-packed.
0: It, it's funny because we, we we brought up earlier about Predator 2. We We're talking about the Predator franchise and about missed opportunities and how they missed one. And uh, this kind of reminds me a little bit of the film Smoke and Aces. And it's just the way that all the characters, and they have this like weirdly defined idea of a criminal underworld, and it's all existing, and uh, things go back years and years and years, and these characters and such but it also had a massive missed opportunity when it had the sequels come out and they never went anywhere. But um, John Wick is the opposite of that. It's yeah. absolutely going somewhere. And it, it, it sounds like it's not going to stop anytime soon. Yeah. No,
1: I mean, it, it's again, there's a potential for a series about the continental. There's a lot of different directions this thing could go in. And, and I don't think, I mean, again, I thought it looked awesome. And when I saw the trailer in 2014, but who could have predicted we'd be up to John Wick four at this point, and that they would be getting bigger? Not like, okay, now yeah. it's like direct to video bullshit doesn't even right. have Keanu in it anymore.
2: That's the thing when they lose Keanu, it you all know, that is when that's, right. that's kind of it all. Until
0: know. they make uh, Ms. Perkins holes, <laughs> that will be. <laughs> We'll know at that point that the, the I think they awful. may have
1: already made that, but it's not in a really? mainstream.
2: Maybe movie. they'll maybe they'll go the Mission Impossible route I'll and they'll, that up. they'll bring in Jeremy Renner and poise him as to take <laughs> over the mantle and then they'll just decide no Keanu's gonna stay.
0: Sorry.
1: Our Jen, bad. They do, didn't Was Renner the one in uh the born yeah. thing too? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, <laughs> yeah. He doesn't work. He he's not gonna work on that. So Did uh, they, keep,
2: realize... they keep they keep trying to just give this guy a franchise. It's not working out. <laughs>
0: No one, he, you know what? He's like the less successful rock. He's like the rock, you know? the yeah. rock just shows up. Rock, and yeah.
1: Rock was franchised Viagra. This guy is like the opposite. Yeah. Well, there you go. All right. Well, we will wrap things up. Wonderful conversation, gentlemen, but we will wrap things up here on this episode right after this. Chris, the brain, Chad Cruz, Ryan Campbell with you. And we are about out of time for episode 73 of the Bulletproof podcast, but want to remind you to follow us on social media at Bulletproof pod on Twitter and at Bulletproof action on Facebook and Instagram. As I mentioned earlier, it is actionversary. We are about to hit the eight year mark at bulletproofaction.com and Ryan Campbell. I know you've got uh, two big posts coming up here. That you're very excited about?
2: Yeah, yeah. I was uh, I had Andor as well, but it got pushed to September, so I'll be covering that on my you know my Star Wars beat that I'm known for. But oh yeah, also got coming up uh, the Stallone movie Samaritan, which looks really exciting. And I'm, it's been nice to see it get a lot of publicity. Uh, it had a lot of promotion on SummerSlam. If anyone's was watching SummerSlam um, last month, but um, yeah, it's it it looks really cool. I'm de- super a superhero movie with Stallone as like the grizzled X, you know again kind of like john wick in a way brought back into the game so it looks super interesting and then towards the end of the month house of dragon the big game of thrones prequel series coming out um some episodes i guess like the first two episodes have been given out to some you know early views and, and they seem to be pretty good they say it's kind of back to what made game of thrones great so i'm looking forward to seeing it i'll have a uh, full reviews of those also I'll, I'll be taking a look and maybe doing a piece on uh she hulk at some point this month this month as well so we'll see how that goes
1: and talk about Dragon, we were going to have some Don the Dragon Wilson over at the No Surrender Cinema. I know Toy Man's very excited about that. I plan on watching some Alexander Fu Shang, Shaw Brothers legend. I, they just uh, announced another one of those Shaw Brothers collections, too, for those of you interested. We're going to have a ninja movie because how can you have action versus without ninjas? But then, Chad, it's a big two-day event. We are going to be ranking all 25 of the James Bond films for our eight year action anniversary celebration
0: with some special guests. Yeah. And, and, you know, a character like James Bond deserves special guests. It deserves a little bit of a, a little bit of TLC, a couple days at least, you know, so we're going to do our best to talk about each one. And, and I'm going to be honest, I haven't seen all of them. Um, there's, a, no. there's a couple sprinkled in early on that I haven't seen. And then uh, I haven't seen the most recent two, well, there you so, go. Well, you know, and, that,
1: and I think you know that's why we try to get a panel of people involved because we all come again from from different perspectives. We we may all have a different favorite Bond. Maybe the first Bond you're used to, you who you grew up with, or the one you were exposed to first, and that's you know the great thing when we do these countdowns, and why I think I, that's why I like the
0: way we do them, Chad. Yeah, George Lazenby is number one. We all know that.
1: Well, maybe he will be, but I'm going to guess not. But uh, <laughs> Then, after our two days of bond, we're going to finish up the month with a big edition of the Bulletproof Podcast, the longest podcast we ever did, Chad. We've already recorded this puppy. (laughs) And what what a conversation we had. Oh, my. You mentioned it earlier. We have wrestler extraordinaire, actor extraordinaire, Paul London will be joining us, good friend of the site, talking Billy Blanks, In showdown
0: yeah it was a it was just a great conversation we had a fun time and uh it was one of those ones where you you look at the the time on the on the recording you're like oh shit we've been talking for way too long yeah Um, yeah
1: you could watch the movie in less time than you'll hear us talking
0: about it but you know a lot of a lot of side
1: conversations happen as as often does on this program a those lot those are of, usually
2: the best ones you know take your time listen to the whole thing it might take a little
0: bit. a lot of side conversations and a lot of uh like impersonations from the film so it's, yes, it's fun
1: yeah if anybody knows the dialogue of showdown better than the people who are actually in the movie, it'd be Paul London he he's quite he's quite a fan and you you will see that or hear that firsthand when you join us for our
0: next episode. Uh, anything you want to add chad before we go uh just you know another thank you for for following along for being a part of this uh this bulletproof podcast and this whole movement that we started 8 years ago and we we've, we've been lucky enough to have people like Ryan and people like uh Toy Man uh you know jump in and and be you know as essential to the team as any as either one of us so um yeah it's just been a lot of fun and and we appreciate you
1: we definitely do. And we want to thank you for listening. And as always, stay tuned for more of the Bulletproof Podcasts. You're
0: listening
1: to the Geekscape Network.